Just Our Real Estate, episode number 233. All right, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I have a really good show for you. I'm really excited to bring it to you, but before I do, I just want to talk to you a little bit about lead generation. How are you generating leads? Are you generating enough leads? How are you finding leads through the MLS? Are you finding them through direct marketing? Well, I have another solution for you. How about finding them through the internet and having that internet lead magnet working for you 24-7, whether you're thinking about it or not. There are leads coming in from the internet. This is possible. I am starting to do it myself, and I am using a fantastic product called Lead Propeller. Lead Propeller is a really cool company who started basically a company for us, real estate investors, and it's all about building a website that attracts leads to you 24-7. I suggest that you check it out. Go to my website at justourrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller uh, banner there. Click on that link there for Lead Propeller, and it'll take you over to their site, and you can check it out and read all about it. The cool thing is, as being, you know, as one of my listeners, because you're one of my listeners, you're going to get one month free for your lead generating website. You can start the website, you can pick a, a domain name and hosting, it's all included. The first month is free. You can check it out. If you don't love it, you can get your money back. If you do love it, if it starts generating leads, if you really think it's going to work for you, then all you do is pay a, a very low fee of $29 a month. And that fee is going up soon. So go over there and check it out. Go to my website, juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side of the home screen, click on the Lead Propeller banner and go check it out, guys. I love my new website, and I know you'll love yours too. Okay, on to today's show. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on another Quick Point episode. Today, we're going to still be talking about basics like we have been all week. Like I said, I get a lot of questions from you guys all the time asking me questions about things that I've covered, actually, in other podcasts, but you know what? It's ridiculous to try to sift through 233 episodes. I understand that. I get that. I'm very I'm very proud that I've done 233 episodes, but on the other hand, I realize it's a lot of content to go through. So I do try to refer you back to episodes when you email me with questions, but I really think it's important to revisit some of these basics every once in a while and maybe attack them from a different perspective or a different point of view, maybe. Like, you know, it's been a year since I've talked about some of these issues, so, you know, maybe me explaining them them in a, again in a different way will resonate a little better with you than the first time, or maybe it'll make more sense or just sort of click with you a little bit better. So you know what? It's all about teaching you the basics. It's all about just starting, right? It's all about getting out there and starting this business and not letting these basic you know, questions hold you back and keep you from doing it. And one of the questions that I get all the time is asking me, how I evaluate properties, right? What are the mechanics there? What do you do? How do you evaluate? And a lot of people will use different rules of thumb for doing that. And some people will use very sophisticated, like really detailed, you know, data intensive ways of figuring out uh, if a property is a good deal or not. And that's fine. I, I think there's a place for that. But I will say this. Sometimes when you have the really, you know, complex formula for coming up with with a with a uh, a maximum allowable offer, which I'll explain what that is, but when you, when you're trying to decide what you're going to offer on a property or what you should be offering in order to make a profit, the profit that you want, 
if it's a very detailed, very labor intensive, very data heavy type formula, it'll sort of like be a deterrent, right? It's just hard enough that it's like, it's a lot of effort to try to do that. You need a formula that's reliable, that makes sense, that gets you to the right number pretty quickly so you can sort of do it fast so that it's not a hurdle. You don't want the process of coming up with your offer amount to be a hurdle, right? But before we get started on that, let's talk about some, uh, you know, some of the terms that you use when you're when you're talking about um, determining the value of a property or the, um, you know, what you're going to offer basically when you're evaluating a property. That's why you evaluate properties. You want to find out what it'll be worth when you sell it. You want to know kind of what it's worth now, although that's a little bit less important really than knowing what it's worth now, but you want to know what it's going to be worth when you sell it. You're going to want to know what it's going to be, um, what it's going to take to renovate it, and then what you should offer, right? And how do you do these, and what are these terms? What do they mean? Well, let's start at the top, and what I call the top is the after repair value. That's the top of the the pyramid in terms of the, the formula or the math behind coming up with an offer amount and evaluating a property. The, the, the top of the pyramid is after repair value, and after repair value is exactly what it sounds like. What will be the value of the property after repairs, after you renovate it fully, right? So after repair value, the only way you can find that is to compare the property that you're evaluating to other properties in the neighborhood, local, that have sold recently, that have similar square footage, the same amount of bedrooms and bathrooms, it has a garage or not, just like your property, whichever, you know, if your property has a, a garage, you should look at other properties with garages. Does it have a basement? So compare it that way, right? Compare the size and the bedrooms and all that, the type of house and all that. But you also have to compare them to other houses that have been fully renovated. So if you have a house in the neighborhood that recently sold, but it was a foreclosure and it was a complete disaster and, you know, no renovations and it's just, you know, just a disaster house, that's not a comparable for you. That's not gonna help you figure out the after repair value. You have to compare it to other houses that are updated and have similar size and bedrooms and all that to your house. So that's an after repair value. The best way to go about getting an after repair value, I mean, you can always go to Zillow and Trulia and different things. They're not really as accurate as you wanna be. So you wanna go to a realtor to help them or to have them help you figure out the after repair value and they'll be able to do a lot more comprehensive search and get a lot more detail so that they're really comparing the houses that have been renovated like yours and, and helping you get that after repair value. So once you get that after repair value, that's where you start, boom, right? So once you get that, the next important piece of the puzzle is knowing what it's gonna take to get the house renovated. Now, this is something you're gonna need help with if you've never done it before. If this is a, the first property you've ever done, you're gonna to have to probably find someone local to you who is a, a knowledgeable, experienced real estate investor who can help you with that. Now, if you absolutely can't you know, create that relationship or find that person who's willing to come in and help you look at a house and give you some, some help figuring out the, the repairs, then you're going to need a contractor. You're going to have to at least um, reach out to a contractor and have them come to the house, 
and, and, and help you figure out what it's going to cost to renovate it. Now, you're relying on other people quite a bit in the beginning, right? Because you don't have the experience to do it yourself, but that's fine. You're going to learn as you go, but bring a contractor, preferably a contractor that has been referred to you by someone so that you have a little bit of confidence that they're honest and that they really know what they're doing. But you want to have someone come in and help you figure out the after repair value. If you're a contractor or if you're a builder or someone who's knowledgeable, maybe you don't need anybody. Maybe you can walk through and you, you sort of know what things are going to cost and how much it's going to, how long it's going to take to, to get it done and, and that kind of thing. That's great. But at some some level, you have to figure out the, the, um, the renovation cost. So once you know the after repair value, once you know the renovation cost, the next step is relatively simple. You just need to figure out how much profit you want to make. What are, what are your goals? What, what targets are you setting for yourself? Some people will make it a percentage, a percentage of the, of the sale price they want to make of a profit. Some people look at the long term, right? For the year, they have a profit goal or an ROI. But <clears throat> I say you keep it simple for now. I would either come up with a percentage of the sale price that you would like to make as profit or just a flat number, right? But be careful, depending on your market, depending on what you're paying for the house and things, you want to be careful not to go too low. Because if you put your profit margin too low and that's what you're using to make offers, you're, you're, making, you're making it tough on yourself if something were to go wrong. So in other words, what I'm saying is if let's just say you find a house that's, that's the after repair value is $100,000. Now, I'm using a low number, but in my market, that's not totally out of line. There are properties that you can buy for, you know, 40 or 50, put 10 or 15 into it and sell it for 100. That's that's it's not as common as it used to be. You know, it was very common 6 years ago, but anyways, let's just, I'm just using it for round numbers. 100,000 is an easy number to work with. So, you find a house the after repair value is $100,000. You determine that it's going to take $20,000 to renovate it, right? So now you're down to 80. And then if you put your profit margin, you say, you know what? I've never flipped a house. I'd be ecstatic if I made $5,000, right? So now you're at 75 and you say, I'm going to offer $75,000 and you get the house. Now, there are other factors that we're going to talk about in a minute, but let's just keep it real basic, right? You said 20000 it's going to take to fix it and your profit margin that you've set for yourself is $5,000. Well, <clears throat> if you get into this project and you end up holding it longer than you thought, meaning the rehab took longer than you thought it would, so you're paying taxes longer than you thought, you're paying utilities longer than you thought, and you're paying some sort of financing cost, whether it be a private lender or a bank or a mortgage company, whatever, you're paying somebody, it's costing you more the longer you hold it. And then let's just say you have an electrical problem that you weren't aware of or some sort of electric that needs to be updated or plumbing or the roof is worse than you thought and that has to be replaced, you know, very, very quickly that $5,000 can get eaten up. So you have to be careful not to set your profit margins too low because you're going to get yourself in danger of not making money or losing money, which is the worst thing that can happen. The other side of it is if you set your profit margins too high, you may price yourself right out of right out of a property, right? If you if you say in that same scenario, $100,000 ARV, $20,000 to renovate it, and you say you want to make um, you know, $60,000, well, then you can only offer 20,000. Well, you're not going to get the house probably for 20,000. It's going to be very difficult. And if that's your profit margin on a house, you know, you want to make 80% profit, well, you're probably never going to buy a deal because you're just you're you're just going to be way too low on all your offers. So you have to find a happy medium and a good a good happy medium for me in my market and in one that you might want to start with if you really have no idea where to go is 20% of after repair value. 
right? So in that scenario, you have a house that's worth $100,000 after you renovate it. It's gonna cost $20,000 to renovate it. You wanna make 20% profit margin. So 20% of 100 is 20. Now you're down to $60,000 that you can offer on the house, right? So those are some of the basic numbers. Now, the one thing that you have to calculate in there for sure that I didn't calculate in because I'm just trying to make a, a, a very clean and simple point, but the only other factor that you really have to think about is the the cost of selling, you know, the closing costs and things like that, and then the cost of paying a realtor to sell the house and also paying the realtor who's representing the buyer. Now, if you're a realtor, obviously, uh, half of this you don't have to worry about because you can you're gonna make the money you know you're not paying someone to sell a house if you're gonna sell it but I'm assuming you're not a carpenter you're not a realtor you're not any of those things right you're just somebody who wants to get into real estate so what I suggest is typically I want to emphasize typically this isn't this isn't a super scientific number but generally speaking closing costs usually end up being somewhere around four percent of the sale price. So in our scenario, if we're going to say we have a $100,000 uh, ARV after repair value, then we're going to assume a 4% closing cost, right, fixed cost, and then a 6% realtor cost, which is 3% to the buyer's agent and 3% to the seller's agent, which is pretty standard across the United States. So you add those two together, you have about 10% of the sale price that you can assume you're gonna pay in closing costs and realtor fees, okay? So let's start from the top with our scenario. We have an after repair value, an ARV of $100,000. Subtract 10% from that for closing costs and realtor fees like we just talked about. So now you're down to $90,000, right? Then you have $20,000 to renovate it. That's going to be the cost of renovating it. That takes you down to $70,000. And then you want to make a 20% profit margin on the sale price, which is $20,000, right? So you take $20,000 from that seventy, dollars and now you're down to $50,000. $50,000 would then be your maximum allowable offer. Now, what I didn't also put into this equation, and I don't in my business, is the cost of money or the cost of borrowing money. The reason I don't put that in my equation is because in my business, in my world, I am normally paying my uh, private lenders a percentage of the profit, right? So there's no fees during the rehab and there's no fixed interest or anything like that. I'm just paying them a percentage of the net profit. So I don't calculate the cost of money into my deal. So what I do, like I said, taking it from the top, the ARV minus 10% minus the rehab cost minus the profit targets or the, the profit that you want to make, that will yield, that will give you your maximum allowable offer, the most money that you can offer on that house and still make the profit that you want. So typically the maximum allowable offer is not gonna be what you go in with because you want a little bit of room to negotiate. Now, if you're in a very hot market and you think that there's gonna be a lot of bids on the house, maybe you will go in with your maximum allowable offer because you just wanna go for broke and, and give them your highest and best right off the bat. So that's fine. But that formula will is, a, is just a quick and, and easy way to give you your maximum allowable offer so you can evaluate a property and make sure that you're bidding on it with confidence that you're gonna make money. Now, <clears throat> I said there's other ways to do it. Another way you can do it that's even more simple, it doesn't, it doesn't take in, you know, into account a lot of factors, but 
some people will use what they call the 70% rule. And the 70% rule looks like this. You take the after repair value times 70%. So in our scenario, $100,000 after repair value times 70% is $70,000. Then you subtract the cost of the rehab. In our scenario, it was $20,000. That gets you down to $50,000, right? In this scenario, it ends up being the same number, right? We're, we're at both ways you look at it, you end up at $50,000 as an after repair value. That doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't always work out that clean for both methods. The method that I first shared with you, after repair value, minus 10%, minus rehab, minus your profit margin, that'll give you a little bit more reliable number than the 70% rule. But the 70% rule is a very quick and dirty way of getting you to a number that you can use as an offer number and still feel relatively safe, right? So either way is fine. I, my method I like because I, I just I feel more comfortable that it's giving me a more reliable number. But if you just want to do a very, very quick analysis just to get you in the ballpark, the 70% rule is okay. It works, right? You just need a good, you need a good rehab uh, estimate. You need to have that estimate down. So use an experienced investor or use a contractor, but make sure your numbers are good. And, and that's how you evaluate a property. That's a quick way of crunching the numbers. There's other things you want to evaluate. Location, um, number of bedrooms, you know, in your area, maybe it makes a difference. Um, brick versus frame. All these things come into play too, but just evaluating the numbers, just evaluating a property and evaluating the potential for profit. That's what we've done here today. So if you need to go back and listen to this episode or go to the show notes at juststartrealestate.com uh, forward slash episode 233 and you can see this formula again, but use it, play with it, experiment with it and see what you think. If you have any questions, definitely jump on the show notes and let me know or you can email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, guys, until tomorrow, if flipping houses and real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.